2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
3: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
0: Welcome into 11 Personnel, brought to you by our friends at Port Royal Plants. Port Royal Plants, your one-stop shop for all your CB needs, CBD Needs, a Kentucky Proud product from right up the road on I-571 in Henry County. They've got everything you need, full-spectrum, organic CBD, portroyalplants.com, whether it's the, the back bomb or maybe some Epsom salt baths. Uh, they're a good place to shop this Christmas. Small Business Friday is happening. Visit portroyalplants.com this Friday for Small Business Friday. Tell them KSR sent you. Uh, I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, getting you ready for the Governors Cup this Saturday between the Cats and the Cards. Uh, we've talked about Georgia a little bit, but you know what, Luckett? Like we we're moving. It's it's on Louisville, right? This is a rivalry yeah. game. We are in the city of Louisville. This game, it it, it, it just means a, a little bit more for folks like us who have to deal with these clowns year
3: round. Yeah, I think you look this year too. There's just there's stakes that we didn't think. There are going to be stakes here, right? Like we thought, maybe Scott Satterfield will be coaching for his job in this game. Maybe he would be gone by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville maybe would be scratching and calling for bowl eligibility, and Kentucky would be looking for a big win to cap off what has been a really good season. Uh, none of that is the case right now. You know, uh, Louisville's seven and four. They've got a chance to be eight and four. Like Nick, they got a chance to finish the year ranked right now if they mm-hmm. get a couple wins here. They're 5-1 in their last six games. A lot of good things are going their way. Um, whereas Kentucky, 1-3 since the bye week, reeling, got all kinds of issues, all kinds of stuff they need to figure out. Um, they really need a win here. And so it's an interesting dynamic here, um, but it's a great opportunity. Play your yep. biggest rival, last game of the season. Get a chance in a disappointing season on a good note. Um if you're Kentucky, so it's a it's a huge moment. It's a huge spot. They really need to win this game. You can't lose three games at home as a favorite. Favorite, yeah. That's a bad look if that happens, and so they really got to figure it out here um, with Louisville. And I will say, Nick, last two weeks or so, I was pretty worried about this game, but I do I feel better when I kind of dove in um, to how these teams match up. I think. It's lining up to be a good matchup for Kentucky. That's not saying they'll win the game, uh, but I think it, like Kentucky's Kentucky's the better team here. I think and I think they match up well with Louisville. So, um, mm-hmm. now they'll have to they'll have to do it on the field. But I think there's some real reasons to feel optimistic if you're a Kentucky supporter going into this matchup.
0: It's kind of funny because um, it's like. All of your my big picture, just like trash talking takes. That's just like, you know, dumb meatball brain kind of takes. They're kind of true (laughs) when you really dig into it. Like Louisville's beaten no good teams. Um, They want to play the schedule stuff all they want uh, with Kentucky every year. Uh, They've done kind of the same this year where they're scratching and calling for points. And they get a bunch of turnovers, and to yeah. Win the, games. The,
3: the thing is, like Louisville's beating, beating five teams. I think with seven wins already. So like, UCF, Pittsburgh, James Madison, Wake Forest. Who is the other one I see? NC State. Uh, NC State. Yeah.
0: But they're all like seven win teams. Yeah, like if you
3: <laughs> if you go to SP Plus, I'm not sure how many teams. Let's do that right quick. Just. General, advanced stat ranking. Mm. Let's see who was who's ranked higher than Kentucky on those teams. And Kentucky slipped. This Kentucky's down at thirty six. This is the lowest they've been all season. Let's see here.
0: But there still might be the highest ranked team they face outside of Clemson.
3: Yeah, yeah, UCF is thirty. UCF is the only one higher, Nick. In that game, we were down in Florida,
0: just wondering what the hell Gus was doing the whole time. Yeah,
3: and that one was a total not to. Take anything away from Louisville. That one was a total. Uh, that was a total. uh practice by Gus Malzahn. Yeah. So so yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to take away from Louisville here. They've had a solid season. Um, mm-hmm. They've beaten some teams with good records. Um, they played some bad offenses here. <laughs> you know, you would feel a lot better about this matchup. I think if Kentucky was good on offense, but they're not. Um, so that, that that is obviously uh, baked in there. Um, everything about this screams slugfest. Like these are two top. 20 defenses. Uh, It's going to be about who makes the biggest mistake. The worry is Louisville just forces so many turnovers. Um, But my argument to that would be if you can take care of the football, um, they're not as efficient as Kentucky is on defense. So efficiency, Kentucky should be able to stay ahead of the chains, move the ball um, on time of possession, on ball control, and that should favor them. But we'll see if that plays out that way.
0: It's a total of 43. Well, really tasty under, if I do say so myself. Um, gonna be tasty this week. We're gonna talk a little bit. Rain
3: is in the forecast,
0: yeah. Yeah, I uh, saw 40% chance most recently. Cold rain, remember the last time there was cold rain at Kroger Field Saturday after Thanksgiving? Yeah, Chris Rodriguez Lane, had Bowden just scored another touchdown.
3: Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Rodriguez, I think, had nine carries for 125 yards. <laughs> He is like the, we can get in this matchup, but like he's the key to the game to me. Um, Louisville, like if you were going to compare them to defense, Kentucky's seen this year, it's the most comparable as Mississippi State. It's, it's an odd front where they twist and move linebackers, or off-ball linebackers around, um, and they're just coming with pressure, and they got all these different type of pressure packages, and it's a defense that is really good against spread offenses. But if you can get in heavy sets and run the ball down straight ahead, straight ahead, I think they could have some issues because the interior defensive line is still tough. I mean, they got two former walk-ons, Nick, playing a lot of snaps mm-hmm. still. Yeah. yeah. So for Kentucky, I think that's really what it's going to be all about: is getting in big, big sets, um, getting Josh Caddis maybe to block down backers at points, double teams, get Chris Rodriguez rolling north, south, and trying to control the game that way. And you look at Mississippi yeah. State, that was when Kentucky had their best offensive performance.
0: Yep. Chris Rodriguez had, what, a buck 95 rushing in that 197,
3: game? 197, I
0: believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely steam on the Bulldogs. So um, let's go ahead and get in this rundown uh, and kind of go through um, the the checkpoints, if you will, as, as we get into this Governor's Cup matchup. Saturday, 3 p.m. on the SEC Network. Cats, cards, uh, rain in the forecast. Um, it looks like Malik Cunningham is going to be back. Yeah, uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, um, but uh, the the word from Satterfield on Tuesday's press conference was, "It looks like uh, looks like he's going to be back." And um, Wicket, I think, I think I think Stephen's got a, a picture you can see it in the top right corner. But if I mean this thing that he's got wearing on his left hand, he's got a That's broken the Clemson game. Yeah, he, he broke his hand was it the week before or during that game? That yeah, actually, they're
3: not saying it, but that looks like a broken hand. hand to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and then and then he hurt his shoulder against Clemson, but if you go back and watch the play where he falls down at the end of the half I mean, he's like he, clutching he falls that in
0: hand. His
3: hand. Yeah. And <laughs> just like just, uh, Nick, imagine if you're rolling uh, like, you want, to run, want, you want to run a play out of the pistol to the right, a stretch handoff. How's he handing this ball off? Yeah, you, you can't. Can he grip the ball with that? Do you want him bumping into – Like that just seems like it's going to be very hard to play quarterback if, 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 with a wrap that big. So that's going to be a big thing to watch. Um, it's just that – I mean, like that – I joke with you off air, but that seems like five fumbles just waiting to happen. Oh, in the rain? Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, you throw rain on top of the yeah, I
0: didn't even like, think about that. And you also have a guy, too, that when he gets hit, it's like somebody lit a stick of dynamite off up his ass. Like, he just, like, blows up in a thousand different directions. If he's got his hand in a cast, I just I, – you know what? I, I think this is a great idea, Scott. Where, you know what? You're really letting your guy go out with a bang. More power to you. Um, but it is – like, we, we do have to mention – Brock, the the DoMan factor, uh, Brock DoMan, a college football journeyman, uh, has come in and he's he's played well in spots for them, and you you do have to prepare like he's going to play because you uh, have to
3: prepare for both. Yes. You can't what happened at Vanderbilt can't happen this week, right? They right. were not prepared for Mike. They can say whatever they want, but they just weren't ready for Mike Wright. Uh, first pull of the game, he goes seventy yards right down the, the left hash. That that cannot happen this week. You cannot let them get a bunch of yards on QB run. The surprising thing about the Vanderbilt game was they were awesome against QB run all season until that yeah. point. Well, so that is the scary part about this game because the best thing Louisville does on offense is run Cunningham. He's got over 600 non sack rushing yards. He leads the team in rushing touchdowns with 11. He's a great red zone weapon with his legs. Um, and he can run around, scramble, and make things happen, well, Run it, running the ball-wise. And then on the pool and on some of the option game, he can really give you trouble out there on the edge. But, one, how willing are they going to be to run him with, you know, a walking injury that everybody knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no secret. Know, how is the ball security going to be for him? Mm-hmm. That That's a big worry. Now, if you pr- bring Doman in, Doman has a higher explosive passing rate than Malik with smaller sample size. He made some really good vertical throws against Clemson, uh, mostly to Tyler Hudson. uh, But he's been very turnover-prone. I think, Nick, like 20% of his passes are right there that ended in a pass breakup or an interception. He's got four interceptions and 13 pass breakups, and he's only thrown 102 passes. And so he's been pretty inefficient. You watched the tape last week. Louisville gets in third and long. They're running the ball. They're not messing around. they get Clemson in third and long with Doman in there. They were running the football. Um, So they're not taking a lot of chances. Satterfield has pretty much said, all right, our offense stinks. Defense is really good. I'm not going to blow the game. And we got good special teams. I'm not blowing the game with our offense. So we're going to be conservative, and we're going to play to our defense. Uh, To me, that's probably what's going to happen.
0: Scott Satterfield said on uh, Tuesday, if we could score some touchdowns, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, One offensive
3: touchdown against NC State. And then they had two total against Clemson, and one came on a desperation play at the end. I put a poll on
0: Twitter, and uh, so far nobody's got the correct answer. They're guessing between Coach Rich, Satterwhite, and Stoops. And uh, Satterwhite, at least in the poll. So it shows you where people's mentality and mindset is uh, right now with offenses that are struggling.
3: That's another reason I think Kentucky can win this game, right? We know they struggle to score. Um, but Louisville str- like like their offense is struggling to score as well. Uh, you go back to the Pittsburgh game, Nick. I think they mm-hmm. won they won that game. What, what was that? Twenty four to 24 to ten. Um, but they got a scoop and score there at the end when Pittsburgh was trying to drive down and score. So like they struggled to score in that game. So, like scoring is going to be is an issue for this for this Louisville team. I mean, you look at some of the numbers; and they have worse numbers in success rate, points per drive, and EPA. Louisville's offense. You know how bad Kentucky's yeah. offense has been, and right. so it's it's really a battle of you know what team can get the three touchdowns first. Um, and the big worry is Louisville's defense just not letting them set up a cheap score for their offense. Yeah,
0: and there was a point you know when you were talking earlier about Mike Wright and just how bad. Kentucky played in against that game I go back to the game against Anthony Richardson in Florida where they were awesome and we had that story from uh, Todd McShay talking about the whole team coming to the sideline Heisman my ass Heisman this and they were fired up for that game today Satterfield he essentially said last year things got a little sideways we lost our composure got too emotional we can't be too emotional in this game Brian Brown echoed that statement
3: And I think that's –
0: Kentucky's doing the opposite, right? Yeah, they lean into it. They lean into it, and that's when they're at their best. So, uh, to that extent, I'm not as worried about it. I think the Vanderbilt was really a byproduct of not getting people fired up, uh, not getting them to buy in. If I'm going to take one good thing away from that Georgia game, it's that they were able to get fired up for that game. If you're getting fired up for them, you're getting fired up for this little one too. So, I J.J. Weaver, um, a guy who is going to walk on senior day – who, not the biggest Louisville man, um, was in this city. Like, th- there's going to be some motivation there. Jordan Wright playing in his last game at Kroger Field. Like, there's going to be some dudes with some juice down there. And you know what? It might lead to an aggressive mistake or, or two. Um, kind of like we saw with Mike Wright pulling it and being a little, uh, you know, just playing a little hero ball. Um, but I also think that it's going to result in some some much needed havoc plays for this defense. That can set the offense up with some short fields.
3: Yeah, that would that would be significant here. Um, you look at Louisville; it's like a, their running game is big play run game, but they take a lot of negative plays on the ground. So there's like last week, Kentucky didn't produce any havoc. Uh, this no. week, they're going to need to. Um, it, you just don't know what kind of player like Cunningham's going to look like. But if it's Brock Doman and they they are making him play behind the chains. If they're stopping the run, making a play behind the chains. It's going to be a good day on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think the key to this game, Nick, really is who's going to be able to run the ball better with efficiency um, to kind of because both offenses are going to want to um, protect their defense and mm-hmm. let the defense kind of win the game for them. And for Kentucky, like you kind of look at, you kind of dig, dig in the numbers. Kentucky's run defense is better than Louisville's. Kentucky's running game, I think, mainly because of Chris, is a little bit better than Louisville's, so that gives them an advantage here, and that's why I think Kentucky's going to have a pretty good chance to win this game. And then we think, you know, maybe get some QB run with Levis, but you hear Louisville talk today; that's all they were really talking about: QB run, QB run, QB run. Yeah, because
0: they got lit their their asses. So got there lit is
3: going to be uh, there's going to be a play action opportunity for something like that, and if you would ever roll Levis out. Uh, Now Now will be a good time to do it. Well, and you mentioned the running
0: game. Satterfield is expecting Tyon Evans to be back, a Tennessee transfer, which brings us to our next point. Are there any players that play football at the University of Louisville that signed up to play for the University of Louisville out of high school?
3: I did some research this morning, Nick. They have four former walk-ons playing. uh, If they're not starters, they're rotated in and playing a lot of snaps.
0: Like the tight end. What's the tight end's? um...
3: Marshawn Ford.
0: Yep, yep. He's one of them.
3: Two on the defensive line, and then Jalen Carter, receiver, I think, from Manual, is a former walk-on. That's Mm -hmm. in the rotation. Then they have three former four-star recruits in the rotation. (laughs) So more former walk-ons than four-star recruits. One of those is Brian Hudson, who transferred from Virginia Tech. Uh, The other two are Benjamin Perry, who kind of plays their nickel, Sam – Linebacker role, I and mean, they're like three three five defense, and the other one is Chandler Jones, who's a super senior cornerback who doesn't even start, who rotates in, kind of plays corner and safety. Um, just so from a talent aspect, like Kentucky's got no talent, but what Louisville has here is a lot of super seniors and a lot of transfers. Top two running backs, Tyon Evans came from Tennessee, Jawar Jordan came from Syracuse. Um, top receiver, Tyler Hudson, who might be the best player on their team, transfer from Central Arkansas. Brian Hudson, who's probably their best lineman this year, transfer from Virginia Tech. Trevor Reed, who might be their best tackle, um, junior college transfer. You go on defense. Um, their best defensive lineman, Yaya Diaby. He is a junior college transfer. He's super senior. Um, two linebackers. Monty Montgomery, junior college transfer, super senior. See, isn't uh, Yusir Abdullah, isn't he a transfer? He's not a transfer, but he's a super senior. Um, he's okay. the best player on their defense. Like He is the guy – like he stuffed the statue. He's got tackles for loss. He's got multiple mm-hmm. tackles He's got double digit tackles for loss. I think he's had n- eight or nine sacks. He's got two interceptions. He's got four forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, handful of pass breakups. Like he is the guy. Like they have to have a plan for him. And Brian Brown, like they move people around and they try to confuse you. Um, they're bragging about. They're like they've gotten a lot of sacks on three man pressure, but a lot of that is because they cause so much confusion mm-hmm. uh, for offensive lines. Ever heard um, that before? And so, like this is like this is a lot. Like, uh, there's like you watch uh, tape and it's got three, three, five fingerprints all over it. I mean, that's really how they play. They're playing on defense um, right now. Um, but yeah, you go like Momo who leads them in tackles, super senior, Ole Miss transfer, former Jacquez Jones uh, teammate, Jarvis Brownlee, who leads them in passes defended, Florida State transfer at cornerback, Quincy Riley who leads them in interceptions, Middle Tennessee transfer. Uh, at cornerback, M.J. Griffin, Temple transfer at safety. I mean, it's a laundry list of transfers. I mean, it is. This is their team. They just built in the portal, and it's just a different way um, to do things. I I think Louisville has really kind of cashed in on this year because they had they they've got it. They've got 24 and 25 year old dudes out there playing. Man, mm-hmm. like you know, both these quarterbacks are 24, 25 years old. Um, they they've got Momo Sinogo Monty Montgomery, Yaya Adiyavi are all like from the class. They graduated high school in the class of 2017.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh same year as Bowden, I believe. Yes. Josh yeah. Pascal's
3: class. Yeah. <laughs> like they have just got guys that are old, just old dudes here. And so, um, I mean, they've taken advantage of this experience and they're, they're going to be a team. We'll see what they do in the portal, but they're going to be real young next year because they're probably going to want to get their. Um, return on NIL investment in, in the lineup yep. right away with this right. r- recruiting class they're going to sign. So um, th- things can be more rocky next year, but they've taken – got to credit to them. And Satterfield has totally changed, I think, his approach. Um, you got to credit Brian Brown because, it, to me, it's obvious. He did some studying somewhere about what to do on defense, and, and it's worked in the offseason.
0: I had a revelation, too, when you mentioned Momo Sanogo, uh, because it's that time of year. Uh, we're recording this two days before the Egg Bowl. The two starting linebackers from the Elijah Moore dog piss game are playing in this game Saturday. Momo Sanogo and Jacquez Jones. They were both starting for Ole Miss when Elijah Moore took a week in the end zone and started a cavalcade of, like, we're still
3: seeing the ripple effects of Elijah yeah. Moore's dog piss in the end zone. <laughs> and Momo Sanogo made a huge play 2020 for Ole Miss against Kentucky. There was a big fourth down sack. Terry Wilson, which kind of flipped the momentum. And I think Ole Miss went and grabbed the lead after that. And then Kentucky was playing from behind. He was the guy who got that sack. So, um him and Evans – well, Evans didn't play uh, for Tennessee last year against the Kentucky game. But Sanogel has played one in Kroger Field before.
0: Oh, man. I um, I um just I, – Egg Bowl, it's got me fired. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But I just freaking love the Egg Bowl. Um so we we have talked at length about the Louisville defense though. And I think the reason why from afar, before you you know, like you said, you really dug into the numbers. The part that that is daunting is just the the on paper when you see all of the havoc stats they're creating and the way that they're winning games, it's very much the way that Kentucky's offense is losing games. Yes,
3: that's yeah, that's scary. These are close,
0: these are close games. And then you just make some really stupid mistakes and you leave opportunities out there on the field. That's how Kentucky's losing games, and that's how Louisville is winning games is by, um, you know, how many – would they have four turnovers in the third quarter of the Wake Forest game? I mean, like – Yeah, they forced eight
3: turnovers in the Wake Forest game. I mean, it was just a total (laughs) anomaly. I think Wake had 14 possessions and eight of them were turnovers. Four turnovers against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh probably wins that game if they don't turn the ball over. Um, You could – you know that might be the game here. You know this Kentucky turnover. over. If they don't, they're mm-hmm. probably gonna win. If they do, they're gonna be in trouble. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's just. You, but you gotta give them credit. Um, that is not sustainable, Nick. Like they're not right. gonna for they're not gonna force twenty eight takeaways next year. I would bet a lot on it. Uh, uh, turnover. Typical, yeah, and so <laughs> like, and you look at I think they have fifteen um, interceptions, but they've got like thirteen fumble recoveries. I mean that's just insane. Thirteen and in twelve games is a lot. Um, to force that many fumbles and get on them it's just you know you gotta tip your hat they've kind of figured out a winning recipe and it's worked for them this year it
0: the thing that's shocking to me like it and it's a soapbox that I love to get on that I I don't think Louisville fans are watching right now to get all ticked off and fired up about Uh, but they're winning with defense and they're actually going on a nice little run here and yet they don't care, like they the Louisville fans, it they're they're checked out or jaded or I I don't get it like they're not showing up to games like I'm not worried about a bunch of Louisville fans coming to Kroger Field they won't even go to Floyd Street like I I don't understand how they're so disengaged when their basketball team stinks like you would think you would want to cheer for something for somebody and they just aren't there's no enthusiasm for Scott Satterfield's program. And uh, maybe my, my theory is like it. My theory is that they only know how to cheer for teams that score like 50, 60 points a game because they, you know, they got, they got spoiled on Chris Redman and Brian Brom and Lamar Jackson and Bobby Petrino scoring 50, 60 points a game that winning with defense is just not appealing to them. And they just uh, don't care to show up. I I, I just, I don't understand it. Do, you're around here. Do you get any sort of sense on it? Because I don't I – don't, I'm not even – I'm getting some trash talk from some Louisville fan friends, but it's not even – it's even – what? are they just deflated and defeated from years previous? It's so weird to me how how that's uh, – the, the Louisville fan uh, mindset right now going into this game.
3: Well, there's overall fan base apathy that they're dealing with right now, um, mainly driven by the basketball program and all of their issues which has gotten even worse this season, even without the tournament band. Mm-hmm. And then football wise, I just think they've kind of settled in here and they just feel like they're a middle of the road program and they, and they're just not used to being that. And so add that on top of, I think most people have come to the conclusion that Satterfield is not good. They would rather have another coach in there. Um, Bring well, home. I think a lot of them are kind of waiting for these recruits to see if it gets more exciting. But there is something to what you're saying. like They they, they watch their program get built with offense, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big thing. Charlie Strong, I think, fought there. Yeah. Um, was how he won. Um, a lot of people didn't love the style of ball. Um, and now, like, they're winning like this. No one's going to these games. Um, it's just weird. I just think there's... Just overall fatigue, apathy. And their their damn stadium's too big. <laughs> it's about 20,000. I mean, it's seriously like 15,000, 20,000 seats too big. Um, that makes everything else look bad. And they need to have like a 40,000-seat stadium. There's no sense in Louisville having a, what is it, 55, Nick? Something like that. Yeah, it, there's yeah. no sense in that. I mean, that's yeah. going to be, um, they, I mean, they would have to be like, Top five cooking with gas, good for that thing to sell out weekly. And it's just, you know, that's, yeah. that, that shouldn't I, be I, how your stadium is. So that, 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 I think that hurts the optics of situations. Yeah. I think, but I think well, mostly it's um, general apathy. And then most people have kind of settled on um, Satterfield. But I do think that things could turn. Like if you go and beat Kentucky, that's what they love the most. Mm-hmm. People could start to turn on him. But if you go and, I mean, if he goes and loses this game, like it's going to be, you know he's going to have another it year for that fan base next year uh, because at the end of the day they'll will be seven and five, but it's just seven and five. You didn't beat Kentucky. Yeah. You know they, they beat top ten Wake Forest and fans rushed the field and you felt like they tried to make a big deal of that, but Wake Forest is going to end the year not ranked.
0: Right. Right.
3: Um, so they're going to be like at the time.
0: It's kind of. Um... It's kind of like the 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 thing too, when you look at Louisville football as much as they like to pump their chests out over all of their accomplishments and stuff. I, I think they're like one game over five hundred in ACC play. Um, yeah. He's like four. Like
3: Satterfield's going to be one or two games over five hundred if he loses on Saturday. Yeah, I mean or, it's or just four
0: years. It's just tough. <laughs> like uh, they're yeah. learning that power five football is a grind, and they don't know how to handle it. And to your point, I think you said that Clemson is the only stadium that's bigger in the ACC than Louisville, or maybe I mean in Miami. Like we're we're yeah. If you
3: well, you got to well, Miami and Pittsburgh are pro stadiums,
0: right? Right. But on campus college uh, venues, only Clemson's is bigger.
3: Yeah. Just you go around the league, and you know, it's just not the fan bases aren't huge in the ACC, right? Um, You got a lot of academic schools. Um, You got city schools, and you just got that kind of a blend where it's not—it's just not like the SEC or the Big Ten where it's their their fan bases just aren't as big.
0: Yeah, like Lane Stadium at Virginia Tech is, and Clemson Death Valley are really the only. Yeah, but even
3: Lane Stadium only holds like fifty thousand people. It's a small stadium. Yeah, the fan bases just aren't. I mean, that's all. I mean. The fan bases just aren't as big, and they don't have as much money as these other schools, and that's why they're behind in this realignment stuff, right? Or these, yeah, t- these it, TV contracts.
0: It just doesn't mean more. They got kicked off and put on an RSN last weekend, so you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, and they've got the dumbest TV deal. It's the
0: worst. It's the worst TV deal ever. Like they—they're consistently not on television. It makes no
3: sense to me. Yeah, and I think that's part of Louisville fans. Up, they know their conference isn't good. And, and they're, they're sitting here battling for four and four. Florida State's the biggest that, – that's the biggest one. Them and Clemson have the biggest stadiums. We, and they're – they
0: uh, yeah, yeah we forgot about that one. Um, they're also doing the thing, too, where the ACC hates us. They don't like – like every every time. Well, was, even
3: Satterfield talked about Greensboro uh, when they had the James Madison ruling. And then uh, Clemson didn't. There was something – I don't know. Fans were talking about stuff that happened in the Clemson game. I didn't watch it. Right. Was,
0: it was a targeting call in the Clemson game. Uh, that, w- that was like, Okay. Um, and they're just like oh, in Greensboro. They don't like us here, and it's 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 cute. It's really funny. And what's even going to be uh, more hilarious is whenever the cats just put it on them once again. We're going to tell you exactly how. After we tell you that you can get to the game um, with our friends at LexTrain this weekend. Uh, avoid the parking problems. Skip the traffic this fall. Catch the LexTrain game day shuttle to Kroger Field. It's a one dollar each way. Just bring an exact change. A single uh and you'll stay out of the rain. They'll they'll put you up real close to the stadium. It's quick, it's convenient, and it's easy. Just visit LexTran.com to see the pickup and drop off locations all around Lexington. That's LexTran.com. All right, Luckett. We know that we know that this Louisville defense can create some havoc. So how do you attack it? How do you fight do you do you fight fire with fire?
3: I think uh People got excited about those last two positions, right? Where we kind of saw a modern Kentucky college offense from Kentucky. Where they were spreading it out, running RPOs, and doing some fun things. I'm not sure that's what you want to do against Louisville. Um, open open yourself up to see a lot of exotic blitzes. I think like you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see heavy sets. You're going to try to absorb um, whatever Louisville comes brings to you with their front, and you're going to try to run the ball with Chris Rodriguez downhill. I think that's the key to the game. I think it's going to be similar to Mississippi State. You're going to have to get run heavy, and then you need Levis to make some plays. On third down, um, but I think you're going to be able to take advantage of some matchups in the secondary, or you should be able to at least. And so the, to me, that's the key to the game. It's really kind of similar to Mississippi State. You need heavy sets. You need to run the ball um, with number 24 uh, let him carry you. Uh, and that's how you're going to, I think, take care of the ball, finish and create scoring opportunities and potentially finish drives is with a heavy run. I know that's probably not what we all want, but I think that's the recipe for success this week. I mean, it's a 30-plus carry game for Chris Rodriguez, um, to me, in my opinion. What?
0: Let him roll up. Um, what's the um, – I don't have the latest numbers on how many yards he needs, but – he got, what, like 50 against Georgia? So, not, not bad. Uh, Do you know what uh, Benny's is off the top of your head? It's like 3 4 3, three or something.
3: Well, it's more than that because Chris is at 3-5-2-3. Give
0: me two seconds and uh, I'll have it pulled up. Benny Snell had uh, 3,873. So... Um,
3: He needs 350 yards to tie. Gosh.
0: So you need a 200-yard game and then a 150-yard game. Yeah.
3: Which? Now, Clemson, you watch the Clemson tape, Clemson, both backs ran for over 100 yards, and they had a lot of success just running straight at them. Um,
0: And Clemson's had offensive line problems all year, too. Like, that's not the strength of their team.
3: Israel, a for Pitt, had a good game on the ground against Louisville. So Boston College was able to run the ball against a bad offensive line against Louisville. Like, really, the the weakness of a defense like this is giving up big plays. Um, they've been good about eliminating those. But, like, Boston College, like, that's maybe the best case scenario for Kentucky. Like, Boston College, Jerkovic hit on some bombs. They were able to run the ball. They rolled up, like, 7.7 yards per play against Louisville. And they are awful on offense. Yeah. I mean, absolutely awful. Ooh. And they would have scored more if it wasn't for three turnovers. Like, Louisville got three turnovers and still gave up 34 points in that game. And early in the year, they gave gave up a lot of yards. Florida State ran for over 200 yards. Syracuse ran for over 200 yards. And Schrader hurt them with QB run. Like, I think that's the key. Like, Kentucky's got to be able to run the ball. Um, the team that runs the ball the best and stops the run the best is going to win this game, in my opinion. So, um, I think that's key for Kentucky coming out and hammer the rock. Um, Louisville's still undersized on the defensive line, Nick. Um, So just kind of you're going to have to come out and try to get hat on a hat and big boy him and let, you know, Chris Rodriguez breaks a lot of tackles. Um, Louisville hasn't really, I don't think, tackled a back like this. Um, So just let him get downhill and just let him run, let him roll. I think that's a key to the game. Well, and
0: that's really what this series has been when Kentucky's been successful. It's just, all right, we're going to bully your ass. We're going to shove you into a locker for 60 minutes hold on, get ready, let's go. Yeah, um, And that hasn't really been Kentucky football that much this year, but that's what you laid out earlier, that the one time they were able to do that uh, was against Mississippi State, and it it worked well. It's the best offenses looked really all year long.
3: Yeah. Uh, they figured out the Mississippi State puzzle but couldn't figure out the rest of the offensive puzzle. Um, that kind of year yeah. for Kentucky. Yeah. But maybe that, that that might be a good thing. For this game, um, again, I think Louisville plays a lot like Mississippi State. They're aggressive, twist, stunt, bring linebackers a lot. Best way to handle that is just kind of to run uh, right at it, and then see what you, if you can get the ground game rolling. Um, potentially, actually it opens up some things on the outside in the play action pass game um, on early downs. So, games. so I mean, here's here's
0: something we've done <laughs> on eleven personnel this year. We've told you what's going to happen before it happens. So lucky let's say that. Let's say Saturday is uh we're we're leaving Kroger Field feeling pretty good. How did we reach that end goal of oh another another ass whooping? Scott's crying about the L's down again. Like you know, grass is green, sky's blue. What's new? How, how do how do we get there? What's the how does that game kind of look like uh, at Kroger Field in that scenario?
3: Yeah, Kentucky runs for over two hundred yards. Um, and keeps Louisville's run game in check. Um, if they do that, they they should have full control of the game. Um, they should win a game if it plays out like that. The only way Louisville I think could win is just special teams catastrophes and turnovers. But um, we've seen that is very very possible with this yep. group. Um, but I think that's that's that that's the that's the key right there.
0: Well, if I'm I, I'm going to provide the kind of pessimistic point of view because. I could, I can just see. It's kind of similar to the Vanderbilt game, where you could see the story playing out ahead of time, them coming out flat. I, I you know, we, none of us predicted that Vanderbilt loss to actually happen, but we, you could see the sloppy performance kind of coming. I'm not seeing that. I'm not getting some sort of sense that Kentucky's going to come out flat against Louisville, but the script of the game, it's offense gets down to the thirty. Yeah. They stall out on a long drive. Well, you know, you, you don't really get much. You, you do that a couple times. You get inside the ten. You go for it. You get. You can see where Kentucky's moving, moving, moving. Turnover. Moving, 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 moving. Three and out. And then third quarter rolls around. Things are getting a little bit tight. And then. Will Levis, who is struggling, and it just makes another critical mistake, and Louisville scores a defensive touchdown and just holds on for dear life. Um, yeah, I Louis can see, see that. Play. I can They're, see that happening just because, in the grand scheme of things, like it, this series it, it it swings back and forth. Like one team's winning four or five in a row, and then it goes the exact opposite direction. Another team's winning four or five in a row. We're in the middle of a four-year run for Kentucky, with one taken out from the COVID season. Like eventually, this thing's going to flip back. And the way that things gone have gone for Kentucky, and the second half of the season, the way things have gone for Louisville, like you can see all of these narratives fitting into one another to just create a disaster at Crowder Field on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it's the most uh, to be fifty-fifty game that that they've had in the series here in a little bit. Um, Louisville's points per scoring opportunity defense, Nick, is top ten. We know Kentucky's offense—it's like a hundred points per. Score. Yeah, <laughs> so like we know that, that that's a worry in yep. this game, obviously. So yeah, I mean, like you talk about big picture storylines and whatnot, but like Kentucky has to win this game. Like, Mark Stoops knows it. The team knows it. Everybody knows it. You just have to hope after a good performance showing against Georgia that they come back and play one of their better games. Quarterback's healthy. Um, it's a good matchup for your run game on offense. Defensively, like it's a good matchup for Kentucky. Louisville struggles to score. It's just bottom line. Um, they've, scored, you know, they've had issues scoring multiple touchdowns in games. I think that lines up with what Kentucky's going to need here on Saturday is to get a bunch of stops. And so I think... Things line up well here for Kentucky. They need to go play the game and go play it well. Uh, but I, they have better players for the most part than Louisville. Louisville's got some good bright spots, but I think Kentucky's got better players, and they should win this. And Louisville's dealing with, you know, we talk about Kentucky's quarterback injuries, but Louisville, that's a, like whatever cutting has through is serious. Like yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and if they're throwing him out there. You need to take advantage of it. I mean, you need to finish drives. You need to take care of the football. And you need to run it straight downhill at, at this defense that doesn't want to play, that wants to just, that wants to get you, get you in a spread formation and attack you um, with their linebackers. They're really good at timing up snaps. So that's going to be big this week. Um, hard counts. Um, I think maybe you need to see more under center here to just run downhill. Maybe take advantage of some of that aggressiveness. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, Kentucky's backed up in a corner here. We've seen them, we've seen them twice to be in this t- type of spot, Nick. Um, miss well, I guess you could throw Georgia in, in this, but it's not kind of the same. Um, but Missouri and Mississippi State was kind of similar spots to me, and they came out and played well right. for the most part. And so you got to respond
0: they, to adversity, and yeah. they did. So you have
3: to hope they did this is a swing game. There's no doubt about it. It's an ultimate swing game because if you win this, you keep the Louisville series going in the right direction. It's a bad season, but you got some stuff t- together, NIL, all of that. Now, now you can move forward, and you can make some changes to prevent this type of year from happening again with the same type of misuse. But if you lose, things are going to get really, really ugly here. People are going to be really pissed off. Yeah. If you, go out, you cannot lose four home games, man. You cannot have an eight-game home schedule and lose four of them. Um, and it's not like you were a big dog to anybody except Georgia. Like all those games are games you your home your fans expect you to win. You cannot go out and lose three of those games. Cannot lose this game. Like you just gotta go out and win. Gotta find a way to do it.
0: Yeah, you just you just have to. Um, I just don't.
3: uh, I just don't know any other way to put it because. You got to, yeah. Like, this is not your three and a half point favorite. Like, you just got to go win this game. Like, bottom line, no matter what it looks like, just go win it. You have to win it. Because,
0: like, as bad as the season's been, you can at least kind of walk away like, well, you beat Louisville, you won at Florida. Like, things can be worse. Grand scheme of things, uh, when you look at the overall general picture as a Kentucky fan, maybe not a young Kentucky fan, but for Kentucky fans like you and I, of a certain age girl beating louisville in florida in the same season is not a bad season at all so that that's that's what's at stake on saturday you're also saying goodbye to some great football players who have done a lot for your program it'll be the last time we see number seven in a kentucky football uniform like you want to send him out with a win you can't have just this sour taste in your mouth from a a season that fell short of expectations for a future first round draft pick, like go out and get a win. Will right. Like Chris, I'm great. Like you, you need to send these guys off the right way. Chris Oates is going to be participating in senior day. There's not going to be a dry on the house. Like it's going to be, there should be some juice for these cats. And that's why I do. I do at least feel good in that regard that like Mark Stoops, um, you know, he's not like Mike Leach. In, in a rivalry game. He he, he gets these dudes Yeah, at, that's a good
3: that's a good point.
0: They're all usually always ready for this game. Even when they are big dogs and like they had to just they're fighting on, on the field pre game to get ready. Like they they aren't messing around and so I, I'm excited for this game and it, it who it's it's just it a lot's on the line. A lot's yeah. on the line. Yeah and this it's is why having this game at the end lot. of the
3: year is awesome. It's in its rightful place. And it just—it's going to be good. It's going to do everybody a lot of good if you can go into this big month of December with some positivity.
0: Yeah, because it's going to be a crazy December.
1: Uh, with recruiting recruiting already, portal, coaching yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. It's just
3: going to do everybody a good amount of good if you can enter um, enter that with a good taste in your mouth. Bowl 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 season, bowl prep, bowl game. Uh, just they really need this win. I mean, it's a they really, really, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Need to get this win, but they, you know, they've been in this spot before. You know, against Satterfield, 2019 they were six and five. You know, that w- it would have looked a lot different if they lost to Louisville and went six and six. Um, and Louisville had a lot of momentum. They had an offense of scoring all kinds of points against ACC, and get to, they came over, they came across here, and Kentucky pumped them. Um, and we've seen that that kind of being a prevailing theme that Kentucky was just been a lot better than a lot of these teams they've played. Um, and mentality-wise, they are just more ready for this moment, this rivalry moment. I think that Louisville has been. And if you look back, Nick at Satterfield, like they scored 13 points that first year, and they got a late, like 60-yard touchdown yeah. run by Javion Hawkins before half. Right. I mean, that they they could have just and they scored on the opening possession. Like Kentucky, you take that possession out, Kentucky stopped them like 10 possessions in a row. All right. And then you go back last year, Louisville scores first drive. Kentucky gets like five, six, seven stops in a row, and then Louisville gets two garbage time touchdowns. Um, Kentucky goes up forty-five-seven. They score. Kentucky comes down, scores again. Louisville comes and scores again. Like so, they like Kentucky, Brad White's defense has had a lot of success mm-hmm. against Satterfield's offense. And then I go to point about Louisville's offense struggling. That's a big part in this game. Maybe you know we some people have gotten upset about the defense because they haven't won games like. 17-14 or 14-10 against South Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a game where they're able to hold Louisville to 10, 13 points, and they're able to win a game 21 to 10. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. So I think that's a, that that's really why I feel good about this game because I could see Kentucky really holding Louisville to two touchdowns or less, but I can also see Kentucky getting to 21, 24 points um, in this game because I think they're going to be able to play with efficiency. They're going to be able to get be ahead of the chains against this Louisville defense. I think they're gonna be able to run the ball, and I think that's gonna make things easier for everybody on offense.
0: Oh man, I'm I'm excited. Uh we'll see what Brad White's got in his bag. Um but I'm, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about his defense being able to slow them down like it. And then it just becomes a matter of can they can they make the play that Jordan Wright where he almost jumps the route and has yeah. a pick six against Georgia. You know like they they haven't really Kedron Smith did it at Florida, and look at like that just completely turns the game upside down, right? Like uh-huh. they, the getting that defensive score or or the special teams when Baron Brown was returning stuff like that—that's some complimentary football that that they really need with a struggling offense. So
3: yeah, yeah, and then you talk like Louisville special like Jawar Jordan returned a kick for a touchdown last week. Like they won the game last week because of their special teams and defense. Um, so that's huge. Like any type of return. Um, will be big. But another thing we've seen in this game, Nick, like Kentucky has made Lowell's ass quit in the second half of these games the last two years. Yeah, yeah. And so if you get up again, say you get up 10 in the third quarter, can you oh, do that they, again? They're quitting. Like
0: this – no team is better at quitting when they're behind than Scott Statterfield football teams. Like you can just see the inability to tackle an opponent just drain from their soul. It's like the monsters getting their the, – the the NBA yeah. guys, the monsters are sucking their talent out. They just start, like, zombying around, like, I don't want to touch Chris Rodriguez. <laughs> it is it is hilarious to watch them just quit football games, and I want to see that so badly because that, that that's the Every, – Everybody the, could
3: use that, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah.
0: For, just from everything. Everything has sucked this week. So, like, we're, the last two, three weeks, this season's been tough. But, like, just overwhelming an ACC opponent is so satisfying. And Kentucky can get their steamrollers out and beat the ever-loving snot out of the cards this weekend and really help us exercise our 2022 Kentucky football demons.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it would be uh, medicine well-deserved.
0: <laughs> well-deserved. Um, look, it, we'll, I, we're getting this podcast out a little bit earlier than normal for the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, it's an exciting time of year. We've got uh, – It's. I mean, it's feast. But there's so many sports on. Uh, between Feast Week, uh, with college basketball World Cups happening, U.S. plays England on Friday after a stupid draw on Monday. That sucked. Um, but we got rivalry football games, and what this is as like some all-time egg bowl feels and going into this game. We got oh, yeah. we got Lane over here. I mean, he's on his way out, and he's feels just like
3: Sonny Dykes last year when the SMU fans were booing him at home. Feels like that could happen. Um, but, Thursday night. But Mike Leach is horrendous. Horrendous
0: at 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 rivalry games. And like can you just see like Quinshawn Judkins running for like 180 yards against this team?
3: Yeah, no doubt. So um, I, but uh you have to it's a lot of noise going around Ole Miss right now. I really like Mississippi State before Ole Miss blew that game last week. I felt like that was coming. The Alabama hangover got to him. Yeah. So I don't like it as less, but, like, uh, there's just a lot of reasons to potentially like Mississippi State in this matchup. And I think this, Nick, I think this is kind of a battle for the Citrus Bowl. I'd be interested to see what the rankings would look like if Ole Miss lost because then Mississippi State and them are both 8-4. and Yeah. And so how would they shake that out if State won? Like, we could get Mike Leach in the Citrus Bowl, which would be an outstanding season for them getting to that point. Kind
0: of what we anticipated preseason was there win total seven and a half or six and a half? Six and a half. It went over last week. Nice, nice. But um, I I just I, I love the egg bowl because it's like I'm gonna be hopefully kids are exhausted from you know Thanksgiving activities they go to bed early pull, pull out the bourbon and just start tweeting up a firestorm Thanksgiving night because the the night the the NFL game is gonna stink it's Patriots Vikings Kirk Cousins it's gonna be. He's gonna like complete. He's gonna be like ten of twenty-one for hundred and four yards. It's gonna be uglier than sin. So give me all of your eggs. I want. To, I want the king of the eggs. It's a, It's oh, I love this game so much. Um, but we we do have some other uh, pretty tantalizing rivalry games this week. Cadillac on the Iron Bowl. Um, doesn't it kind of feel like Saban's just gonna like smash them and then like they're gonna try to make a case to be like a playoff team again? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah that's what I, I think maybe that interim juice is over yeah I, I mean like it was that. cool because, for a little and while and especially if they announced Lane as the head coach on Friday yeah Auburn. yeah. So then you're just playing the game and, and you know the tension is not even really on the game it's just like when Kentucky played South Carolina a couple years ago and like it was announced that Shane Beamer got the job like while the game was going on <laughs>
0: that was that was wild um Florida State is a nine and a half
3: point favorite over Florida. They've been playing really good the last month. I mean, blowing teams out.
0: Yeah, but are they are they are they nine and a half points
3: better than Florida? I know they're at home. I mean, I good guess time to jump on Florida after that uh, loss last week. Everybody's going to want to fade them.
0: But like, I still think like I know we we don't play scoreboard math here, but they still put it on South Carolina like two weeks ago. Uh,
3: yeah, you, South Carolina just did. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah,
0: like if you're playing scoreboard, Matt, you can talk yourself into Florida, and it just part of me, it just it's like ACC versus SEC, Jimmy's and Joes. I know for the the, the only thing is about this is Florida doesn't have their typical dudes in the trenches to just wreck hell and put a ton of pressure on Jordan Travis. But
3: yeah, that, that I is do like to move this game to Friday night though. Yeah, That'd be a nice yeah. Friday night watch.
0: Am I gonna to have to watch Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game? Like it?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just Kurt Ferentz sorcery.
0: I mean, M- Mickey Joseph can't. They're ten and a half point dogs. Jeez, Nebraska.
3: Yeah, thirty-five point total. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> see it. Like <laughs> Iowa's won four in a row here, Nick. Uh, gotta give them credit, man. They just yeah. figure it out. They just win games. That defense coordinator, Phil Parker, is just awesome. But yeah, they just they just figure it out. Now like, you're gonna be eight and four. Like no, I, that at Iowa team we made fun of is gonna go eight and four, um, and it literally could have been ten and two because they should have beat Iowa State at home. They lost to Iowa State at home by three. They lost at Illinois by three, and they they scored thirteen combined points in those two games. Like literally, that should have been a ten and two team. They lost to Michigan, Ohio State. You know, it's competing for a, mm-hmm. a New Year's Six bowl, but they can't figure out offense. They just yep. they're just wasting these top five defenses that Parker's. Producing every year.
0: Speaking of the Big Ten, uh, how hel- do we know how healthy Blake Corum is?
3: It sounded not great. And uh, no, Donovan is Edwards it, is hurt too. his backup?
0: Because they put him back in the game, but he only got it once, and then it was like, yeah, we're not, we're just, we're not going to play you. Because like I was, I was fully prepared to bet Michigan plus seven going in, like to last week, because I thought that number would be about a touchdown no matter what. The way that Michigan plays is the way Ohio State doesn't want to play. Like, Ohio State stinks at playing in the mud under Ryan Day. But I can't – how can you trust them, though, if they don't have their All-American running back, right? Like, I, I, It's
3: going to be raining in Columbus. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just – I kind of like Ohio State there. It just feels like – they feel like the best team in the country to me. But, but been, they
0: just—I I, guess—are I, are they just like doing the thing where they play with their food, like they're getting bored? Like I, because I, it's yeah, been it's, underwhelming. Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't been playing. Like they've had a ton of injuries to their star players. So yeah, like, but they,
3: they've scored uh, forty or more points in ten of their last eleven games. So it's not like they're not going out and putting numbers up. Uh, so
0: what you're saying is uh, the under is not a slam dunk.
3: Yeah, I think I think Ohio State's. I think they're going to win a national championship. I just think their offense will go on a run here, and I don't think anybody can keep up with them. Uh, that's left. That's just my opinion. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I okay. think. Yeah, I just don't like. You are right. If Michigan got them to play in the mud, they'd be in trouble. Like yeah. if it gets to a like a nine possession game, and it's like, all right, we got to stop the run here. Yeah. Uh, we got to stop power. Like yeah. they're in trouble if Michigan can do that. Uh, but I don't know if it'll get to that point, especially with coram out. That that's a, that'd be a big loss. Two
0: games that we would never talk about on Rivalry Week, but I actually think are could be fun to play. Georgia Tech thirty-five point dogs, like
3: playing for bowl they, eligibility.
0: They've been low key good under Brent Key. They've been better, aren't they? I, w- I want to say they're three and zero against ranked teams since they fired and elevated their offensive line coach. So, like, who's to say they can't mess around and cover?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Kirby's going to want a big score after last week.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, In in any shot that South Carolina still has any of that magic?
3: No, I'd expect – now that line's big. It's 14 in the hook. Yeah, the the hook
0: is what's hard for me. They could not play
3: well on cover, I think.
0: Well like I could see like Spencer Rattler throwing three interceptions, getting sacked seven times, and like them scoring seven, you know, six points after they scored sixty three on Tennessee.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely see them scoring ten points Saturday. I I could no doubt about it.
0: Man, if I wait till it's if I go I'm gonna have to go over to Indiana Saturday morning and uh get that team total under for South Carolina. That feels like the that feels like the move in that game. Yeah. Man. I freaking love Rivalry Week.
3: I like Absolutely the Oregon-Oregon State matchup this year.
0: Um, uh, the Don't we, Call Me Civil War?
3: Yeah. Uh, Oregon State quietly is 8-3. Yeah. Like they're,
0: they're having could. a really
3: good season. They are, they're good on offense. Bo Nix is hobbled. Oregon, obviously, look, I, I don't know if they've clinched yet to go to the Pac-12. I know USC has clinched. I think they mm-hmm. have to win the clinch.
0: It's by the way, Caleb Williams... That dude, yeah. he can throw a football.
3: Yeah. They have to – I would be interested to see the tiebreakers because um, it looks like it could be Oregon, Washington, Utah could all end up at 7-2. and two. So, I don't, so, they have to win the clinch. But, yeah, I mean, Oregon State can maybe knock them out of the Pac-12 championship game, which would be a pretty big deal there. Um, that's that's a heated rivalry. Those two teams hate each other. So, that, that's a sneaky good game, I think.
0: I. I I thought the USC number would be bigger too. I was a little disappointed in that. I thought it'd be kind of a big number because that's another
3: Dame. spoiler game. Notre has been playing good ball here last month of the yeah. season. But it's
0: see what I wanted. I wanted this to be a game in South Bend that's like cold and you know yeah. bad yeah, weather game. They and do the weir-
3: they do the weird thing though where it, when it's in South Bend it's in October, and then when it's in LA it's the last game of the year.
0: They, they need to they need to play in Indiana in November and just freeze them out. Like
3: yeah, I'm sure USC does not want to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but man, it's just we got so much good football this weekend. Um are you ready for Clemson pass.
3: to be in the playoff? Huh? You need to mentally prepare yourself for Clemson sneaking their way no, into this no, playoff. No,
0: not doing it. Especially you just, if the North Carolina lost. No, I'm not doing it.
3: I'm not just doing th- it. Just think about it here. Like USC could that. easily lose one of these next two games, right?
0: Yeah, and they're probably going to. Pac twelve, that's what
3: they do. You know, loser of you know Ohio State probably beats Michigan. Michigan's not going to get in with their bad schedule. Yep. So Georgia, Ohio State, you know, let's assume TCU. Sneaky old little old Dabo just sitting over there, twelve and one with a conference championship. Yep. They're going to get in. Like they just they just are. Uh, just get ready for it.
2: Gosh.
3: 'Cause they're getting in over Michigan, like one loss Michigan just because yeah, of the, yeah. the conference championship. They're just getting in. And the especially if Notre Dame were to beat USC this weekend. Like they're getting in. And then the, they, they blow out to Notre Dame, but they that was a ranked team, good team. The wins for Clemson are terrible. <laughs> like Just don't you know, I don't want to live in this world where
0: plucky underdog Davos 20. I just don't I don't want to live in that they're
3: world. They're gonna world. go and play Georgia and lose thirty four to six and just gonna be is what it is, but there, I, I just—it's another yeah, you're year it's,
0: in the show on such a positive. No, what the <laughs> well, hell, buddy? It's
3: just another year where the fourth team has just got no business. Yeah, where there's and really they, just three good teams. Well, yeah. TCU, TCU too. Like, I mean, I think Ohio State would probably, will probably handle them. The two three. I mean, it's just—I think we're heading towards Georgia, Ohio State, what I, feel, what I feel. Shout out to
0: TCU though for finding ways to win. Like they don't—they aren't, aren't like a one-trick pony, right? Like they. They can win in a lot of different ways. So
3: good for yeah. the problem guys. is like, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Oregon, USC are all probably two lost teams that I think will be better than Clemson. Yeah. They're just not going to get in over
0: them. Right. That's why twelve team playoff. Solve all problems. <laughs> <laughs> um man, well, it's been a lot of fun, lucky. I gotta I gotta get rolling, ripping and roaring. Um, but hopefully all of y'all out there who are watching on the KSR YouTube channel or are listening while you're driving, wherever you're driving for this Thanksgiving holiday, uh, please be safe. We're extra thankful that y'all tuned into us all year to help get you ready for each game on Saturday. It hasn't been as fun
3: as we'd like, but we always have fun
0: talking ball like it.
3: And if you get that rushing total for Sea rod we like the over.
0: I'm down. I'm game for that. Check it out Saturday morning, uh, wherever you place your wagers. Uh, and until next time, he's Adam Luggett. I'm Nick Roush. We'll see you later. Go Cats. Let's kick Louisville's ass Saturday. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel, that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets